You're listening to Radio Diaries. This is Joe. And I'm excited to tell you about the newest show in the Radiotopia family. It's called The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. I'm sure a lot of you listen to podcasts while cooking. Well, The Recipe is the podcast that will teach you how to be a better cook with tips from two seasoned pros, pun intended. Hosted by Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Walk and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen, The Recipe not only lets you learn new recipes, but also teaches you techniques and secret ingredients that'll up your cooking from just okay to restaurant quality. So welcome them to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb right now, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Radio Diaries is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, and guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio Tokyo. From PRX's Radiotopia, this is Radio Diaries. I'm Joe Richman. My favorite section of the newspaper is the obituary page. Obituaries introduce us to people we never got to meet. They turn lives into stories. Everybody deserves an obituary. The problem with obituaries, though, is they're usually about famous people. At Radio Diaries, we're fans of the overlooked stories, the underdog teams. A few years ago, we produced a story about the greatest underdog I ever met, Jimmy Weekly. He was the only person left in a place called Pigeon Roost Hollow in West Virginia. Weekly worked for many years in the coal mines nearby, and he said he loved working underground. His father was a coal miner, and his grandfather, his uncles. Everyone in Pigeon Roost was connected to coal in one way or another. But in the 1990s, Arch Coal moved into Weekly's area and began work on the Spruce Number no. 1 mine. It was one of the largest mountaintop removal mining sites ever proposed, and it was virtually in Weekly's backyard. Over the next decade, Weekly watched his family and neighbors take buyouts from Arch Coal and leave the area. But Weekly refused to sell. Almost overnight, Weekly had become an unlikely anti mining activist. He said he was born in Pigeon Roost Hollow, and he planned to die there. This year, he did. He was 74. Today on the Radio Diaries podcast, we're remembering Jimmy Weekly, the last man on the mountain. My name is James Weekly. I'm standing on the porch in front of my house here in Pigeon Roost Hollow in West Virginia. You can probably hear the string in the background. I'm 71, and I've lived in this hollow I've lived here all my life. When I was a kid, there was 27 homes in this holler. My mom and dad lived up the road right here, about 100 feet from here. My first cousin lived right over here. Back down this way, Van Curry and Cecilia Burgess. But right now, no one else lives in this holler except me. James Weekly. Me. And the coal company. For the last three and a half years, the top of Blair Mountain has been dug and blasted away. The 
growth of mountaintop removal has pushed mines close to communities. The coal industry says it is carving away mountaintops and filling valleys with care and precision. But many here worry that there will be a price for permanently altering the landscape. My name is Joe Lovett. Jimmy and his wife, Sibby, walked into my office in late 1997. I had just become a lawyer. They were my very first clients, actually. And Jimmy had an article about mountaintop removal with him. It was a huge two-page picture, and he pointed to it. You know, there's just destruction all over the picture. He said, I live right there. The wife and I couldn't sit on the porch for the dust. And the noise, constant blasting, tearing my home all the hell. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Well, next thing I know, my friends was starting to sell. The coal company come in and offered them 70 and 80 and $90,000. They thought that was big bucks. I started going out and talking to these people. I said, hey, please don't sell. This is your roots. You've been here all your life. Hold in there. We can beat this thing. But they all sold out to the coal company. So Jimmy was the only thing standing between Arch Coal and probably some of the best reserves left in this state. There's no question that they could have sold that land for a lot of money. But he and Sibby stood up to a mining company in a way really that no one had before and said, we're not leaving here and you can't make us. James Weekly stands in the way of a planned 3,100-acre expansion by Arch Coal of St. Louis, Missouri. What Weekly sees as his land, his heritage for his grandchildren, the coal industry sees as buried treasure. Arch Coal can move mountains, but it can't move James Weekly. My name is Bill Rainey, and I'm president of the West Virginia Coal Association. The good Lord put the resources in these mountains, and of course it's a huge, huge part of the state's economy, coal in West Virginia. Most everyone have relatives that have something to do with the mining industry. They want to sustain their family. They want a good job. And they're proud of what they do. So Mr. Weekly became the, the center of a lot of attention. Look at me. I'm your neighbor that you put out of work. We want jobs today. We don't want our families leaving, going to the Carolinas. Nearing his coal field home, James Weekly got an unfriendly, screaming, egg-throwing reception. I'm not out here to take their jobs. I'm out here trying to make a long-term future for my grandchildren, their grandchildren, and everyone else. Well, do you understand I'm, why they're frustrated yes. with you no, in particular? No, not, not particularly. I do not know. Mr. Weekly, for whatever reason, did not sell 12 years on. He remains where he was, and others have moved on. I'm in my car, a Lincoln Continental town car. We're on Route 17, going north, and we're going to pick up some cigarettes. I smoke. This is the town of Blair, West Virginia. There was about 450 homes in here 10, 15 years ago. But look at it now, 30 homes. 30 homes at the most. Virginia Grimes lives right here. That's one the people won't talk to me. The boys worked over and got laid off. They had to go somewhere else to get a job. They put the blame on Sibby and I. And they ain't spoke to me since. 
Yes, ma'am. Give me five lunch and lunch. Thank you, my Thank dear. You. <laughs> Hello, Tim. That man right there worked on a mountaintop removal. Yeah. <laughs> this is Timmy Dotson. Tell him your name. My name's Tim Dotson. I'm from Blair, West Virginia. The last most tranquil place on the earth. Now it ain't even on the map no more. Go buy a new map today, that town ain't on there. How come? Mount, okay. Mountaintop removal and coal mine. Coal itself. Did it create jobs? That's funny. I helped build that coal mine up there. I helped tear the old one down, build the new one, and still can't get a job. Well, tell me, do you think that I'm doing the right thing by fighting mountaintop removal? I want the truth. Yeah. Are you against me? Well, for it and against it. You know what I mean? It don't matter, Jimmy. You ain't going to stop it. But if we can put a slowdown to it... It ain't, it ain't going to happen. Oh, I, I have? Yeah. I can honestly say you slowed it down a time or two. Yeah. But you're not going to you're not going to stop progress, what? buddy. Wouldn't you really As long as there's coal here, they're going to get right. it one way or another. On top, underground. They have to have it. Okay? You ain't going to stop it. Thank you very much, Tammy. Yeah, not a problem, Dad. Be careful. Blasting area. Trespassers will be uh, prosecuted. This is the spruce number one mine in Pigeon Roost Holler, right in my backyard. We're looking where they have shot the top of the mountain off to get down to the coal. And that's the way they do it. They just keep blasting the top off from it until this mountain in here all the way around is just level every bit of this will be level my great-great-grandpa was the one that owned all this they come here in 1834 and they settled in pigeon roost he owned this as far as the eye could see in here and we called it our mountain dana place on these mountains that we haven't left our footprints. Oh, baby. Thank you for coming over. This is uh, my granddaughter, Alicia Dawn Weekly. Favorite granddaughter, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. The last count I had was 29. 29 grandchildren. grandchildren. And I think three more are coming, what I can find out. So I'd make uh, 32. A lot of kids, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> you and Granny built this house, didn't you, Poppy? Yes, we did, baby. Mama put a lot of nails in this house. She'd be rose weekly. We was together almost 48 years. <coughs> I miss her. What do you think about Papa quitting this mountaintop removal and going on with his life? Papa, you're not sailing, right? I don't know. Do you really want me truthful? Yeah. Poppy, I know you get lonely, but I think I would literally cry if you sold. This is where we all grew up. This is where we played. We love it here.
Well, your kids, you don't know what poverty goes through. Living by myself, no one to talk to, day in and day out, looking at the pictures my wife has put up on the wall. I get lonesome. It just takes my heart out of me. So if Granny was still here, you'd never sell, right? I'd never sell. I'd never sell. There ain't no doubt in my mind. You're just lonely. Yes. I'll be truthful with you, baby. Yes. You know, it's hard, Poppy. I want you to be happy. I do. I can't blame you. It's just I don't think you should let them have your house for anything. Well, I got a big decision to make. Well, James Weekly finally give in to the coal company. Poppy. Yes, baby. It was good talking to you. I love you. I love you too, baby. <laughs> Bye. 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 Have a good night and have a safe trip back to Take care. <coughs> I was born here in Pittsburgh, Tyler. I've never been out west, California. Montana, I've never been to them places. But I've always wanted to go on up and see the aspen trees up in Maine. I always did want to go up there and look at them. And then take a plane and go across the waters to the Philippine Islands, all them, visit them. I'd like to go to Paris, London. Just travel the rest of my life, enjoy myself. This is what I'm liking to do. But I'd still have... Pigeon Roost Toller on my mind no matter where I went. It's hard to get out of a place where you've lived all your life. The old saying is, you always want to come back where your roots are. And I'm just not ready. This story originally aired on NPR in 2011. The Spruce No. 1 mine, which borders Jimmy Weekly's house, was one of the largest surface mining projects ever in the United States. In April 2013, the EPA won a legal battle against Arch Coal and stopped the project. This summer, at the age of 74, Jimmy Weekly died in the house he had fought so hard to keep. He was the last person left in Pigeon Roost, West Virginia. Our story, The Last Man on the Mountain, was produced by Samara Freemark and myself and edited by Deborah George and Ben Shapiro. The Radio Diaries podcast is produced by Sarah Kate Kramer. Thanks to Nellie Gillis for production help. I'm Joe Richmond. Thanks for listening. Radio Tokyo. From PR.